0: They like to write things on the scoreboard for certain players and teams. And personally, I've never really understood it. So I think we should just write 0 for 1, fly out to center and just let the game play play out like the rest of the teams do in the league. But, you know, it's not my business. My job's to win games for the Brewers on the field and they, whatever they want to write on the scoreboard. I guess they can write on the scoreboard. Hey,
1: everybody, and welcome to episode number 203 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. And we have a return guest. You know him. You love him. He's a former National League MVP. He's part of the Milwaukee Brewers organization still. That would be Christian Yelich, who is joining us from their series down in the ATL, where I imagine you are not leaving your room except for going to work, because I lived in Atlanta for three years, and it's the hottest I have ever been in the months of July and August. (laughs) Is that accurate?
0: I think it's supposed to be 100 all three days we're here, like 98 to 100, which will be nice nice at night tonight. Yeah, tonight will be nice, but... I think that Sunday day game is not going to be as nice, I don't think. Oh, God. Sunday yeah, game.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: to um, be hot. Are
1: you a guy that on, on the road? I mean, I know you're 10 years in and we got a lot to discuss with that, but are you one of those guys that likes to walk around a city?
0: Yeah, uh, more so now than when I was younger. When I was younger, I had to sleep all the time. And now I'm up a little bit earlier. So <laughs> get out, walk around, get a coffee, explore. I did it when we were in. Uh, when we were in Toronto this year, I did it, which was actually really nice because like your phone just didn't work when you left the hotel. So you just like you could just cruise around and just go missing for a few hours. It's like, oh yeah, sorry. I'm in Canada. My phone doesn't work, you know, if anybody's trying to reach you. So once you got to once you got to the stadium or back to the hotel, obviously you get service. But I uh, I enjoyed walking around Toronto a lot this year.
1: Did you go by yourself? Yeah, solo. And what'd you do? You I just walk,
0: walked around, went to lunch, hung out. I, I don't know, just cruised around. I hadn't been to Toronto since 2015, so it had been, been a little while. So I, and I was like, that's a pretty nice city. And then played a bunch of night games there, so cruised around. I think I ended up in like a – I, I might have actually walked into the – is there like the Hockey Hall of Fame there maybe? There was, I went yes. to like some hockey – I went to like a hockey – I walked into like this hockey place on accident. I think I actually – think I might have walked into the Hockey Hall of Fame. <laughs> like oh it's an accident
1: guys? like oops yeah i didn't know what it was and then and it, it looked kind of cool and, and i was
0: and... yeah it looked kind of cool and then i actually was kind of looking for directions back because you couldn't just like gps it on your phone because it didn't work so you had to ask people like hey where, where's this hotel at and Did... i think i might have walked i would think i was i might have been with Brasso at that time that i, I was with oh. Brasso that day and then the day later the day after i i, I walked around by myself
1: well Brasso, he sounds canadian I don't know if he is, yeah. but he sounds Canadian.
0: I don't know. It might be French, maybe. Russo? Oh, Canadian? Oh, yeah, maybe Canadian? French Canadian? I don't know. French Canadian? Yeah. Do um,
1: did people in Toronto recognize you?
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Few few people said hello. Yeah, for a little bit. Um, which is fine. I, I don't. I don't ever ever mind. But um, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's a. Uh, it's a pretty big baseball town though. just because yeah. like i mean obviously hockey's first up there i would imagine but the the jays people follow the jays pretty close like those games are always mm-hmm. packed it's a good time
1: okay you've been in milwaukee now since 2018 right mm-hmm. 2018 what is it like do you go to a grocery store
0: no no not anymore I used to do like whatever I could do, whatever there and not get recognized for like my first like three months there. And then it's not so much anymore, but it's okay. You know, it's, it's part of it. I don't, I don't, I don't really mind. It's, it's all good. But, uh, the days of, yeah, the days of fun under the radar are probably are probably gone for the most part in Milwaukee or Wisconsin, but it's all good.
1: I know it's all good, but still like, do you, do you go out to dinner?
0: Certain places. Yeah. You just, you got to still live your life. You know, you got to still do – you got to do whatever you got to do. Um, just say hello. And everyone's super nice and respectful for the most part always. You know, I just want to say hello or um, get that, the occasional picture or all that. But if you're going to go out, you kind of got to just be, you know, prepared to talk to people, <laughs> you know, or say hello. Well, which, can you imagine – Which is because fine. Because
1: you just celebrated your 10-year anniversary in the yeah. show. If I had told you ten years ago that you wouldn't be able to leave your crib in Milwaukee without being hounded, you would have said what?
0: I don't know. I don't know if I would have believed you that I was in Milwaukee because I was in Miami at that time. You know, I didn't, there was no telling where I would, <laughs> there was no telling where I would have. I don't know where I was going. You know, I think when you first come up with that team, you kind of just assume that you are going to be there forever. You know, and then, uh, you know, everything that everything that has happened in milwaukee has obviously been really cool and it's been uh been a great experience for me but yeah 10 years ago i don't know what i would have expected i think i uh well since yeah so my debut is almost 10 years just a couple days past the 10 years of my day de- my debut in the big leagues and i remember i remember sitting on the bus at the hotel I was at the I forgot where we were staying at that time I don't know somewhere in somewhere in Denver and I was on the bus about ready to go to the stadium for like my first day in the big leagues being like well <laughs> I guess we're going to find out how this goes you know we're going to figure out if we can we can play in the big leagues here pretty soon and see what happens and um you know would be pretty cool if you're still doing this you know 10 years later and you, you know I still am which is pretty cool um you know, and I don't think you ever really know how it's going to go until you until you start going. You know, the big leagues is a whole different animal than really anything. You know, um, so to be able to do it for ten years is pretty special, and still going. How'd you get the call up? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I was in. Uh, we were playing the Tennessee Smokies and Double A at the time. And me and Marisnyk were on the same – Jake Marisnyk were on the same team. And Andy Barquette was our manager. And we got pulled out in the middle of the game. I think I got a hit. I think I got a hit in, like, the third or fourth inning or something. And then they send a pinch runner out. Hey, man, you're going to the big leagues. You know, congrats. Just don't tell anybody till the game's over type deal. And then Marisnyk got smoked right after me, like, next batter. He hit by pitch. I think it was, like, right in the back or something like that. And then they're taking him out. He was all pissed because he thought they are taking him out because he was hurt. Which he wasn't and they were told he was going to big leagues too. So I'd to be able to do it with uh with one of your buddies is pretty cool. And definitely doesn't feel like it was as as long ago as it was, you know, but it's a pretty long time ago.
1: So you have to sit there the rest of the game in the dugout and it's just the two of you giggling like little. Yeah, we were, yeah, we're hu- yeah, we were in the clubhouse.
0: Yeah, we are in the clubhouse in the in double in A and I don't know if it was like, I don't know if they're messing with us or if that was like actually a possibility, but they're like, one of you is for sure going, maybe both of you. We don't really know till the big league <laughs> game ends. <laughs> so don't tell anybody. <laughs> like, oh, sick. Which one of us is going? They're like, ah, probably both, but definitely one. We don't know yet. Like, oh, sick. <laughs> so we had to like wonder for a couple hours whether or not we were both going or one of us was going and then obviously we both ended up going and um, it was a cool day. You know, you you have the whole sleep for an hour and a half, two hours before you're on your early morning flight and you get into the city. And it was just a really, it was a, it was a fun time. Man. It, was, it was really cool. And just something that it's, a, it's something that you've worked your whole life for at that point is to, to make it to the big leagues and get to experience being a major league baseball player. So, um, everything that goes into that's just a it's a fun day to get in to see all the young kids that you know we call them now it's, it's cool to see because you can kind of relate to how they felt or you remember back when that was you you know and just seeing how like new everything is and and cool and you go to new stadiums and first time on the plane and the hotels and and all that you kind of see how excited they all get and it it helps you out you know it keeps it it keeps uh you know, it's a good reminder of, of kind of like where it all began. And, um, you know, not that I'm old by any means, but it keeps, you know, it keeps you young in a sense of so keeps things fresh. You're old. You, I'm, I'm going yeah, to in baseball, in baseball terms. Yeah. You're old, you're old. Yeah. And I remember when I was a rookie, you look at guys in their, th- in their thirties or who were 30 and you're like, man, this guy's is- this guy's anxious, you know, he suited up with Babe Ruth back in the day. If a guy was 30, you know, and now when you're there, you're like, Oh man, like I'm not, I'm really not that old. But I remember when you're a rookie or before you have any time in the big leagues, you see guys that have time and you're like, this guy knows everything and this guy, you know, was, was super old if they turned 30 years old and then if it happens to you and you're like, ah, oh, I'm really not that old, but in baseball terms and the sports world, yeah, I guess I guess technically you're one of the older guys.
1: So who were your veterans when you got up there?
0: Um Mathis for sure, Jeff Mathis. Oh yeah, the um, catcher. Juan, Juan yeah, Juan Pierre. Uh who else was on the team at that time? Wait a
1: second, Juan Pierre was there?
0: hmm Yeah, I played with Juan Pierre. Uh the, his last Juan year with, with the Marlins, Pasto Polanco. Um, yeah, Stan was still kind of a young guy at the time. He only had like two, three years. He was 23. Um, who else was there? I think the next year we had like Casey McGee, Reed Johnson, like this, just, just guys like that who are were, who were really mm-hmm. good veteran players that kind of took you under, took me under their wing and, and showed me kind of what it was like to be a pro and play in the big leagues and what's expected of you. And, yeah, I'm I'm still thankful for those guys and um talked to I've talked to most of them still today.
1: When do you remember the first time you met Stanton? Because you guys, even though he's a couple years older than you, you guys both grew yeah. up in Southern California. Did you ever run into him at all-star tournaments or anything like that?
0: No, we never crossed paths in high school. I, I think the first time I ever met him was with the Marlins. Um I don't know when though. I think maybe when I signed and you go to the stadium, you do a whole deal take like BP with the team and all that after you get drafted. Right. And I met him there. And then obviously interactions and spring training and all that, but um, didn't really get to know him, know him until we obviously played together in, in 13 and kind of, and then I think we played five years after that.
1: How much do you go back on the, his MVP season? Cause there was a time where he it felt like he was hitting a home run every day. It must have been. I mean, it pretty one much of the was, crazy yeah. I,
0: I think that July, August, like July slash August that year, pretty much was like, definitely, pretty much was every day. It wasn't. It He was, didn't hit one that day. It was the next day, probably. But uh, yeah. it was a cool run, man. I mean, super talented guy, and uh, I mean, you know, he made an adjustment that year. He's he started hitting like he's hitting now. You know, um, with the closed off stance. I remember that's when he. He did that like a, a mid season adjustment and just started launching everybody, which was which was cool to see. I was I think I was hitting behind him most of that year. I think D was leading off and then Stan with his second. I think I was hitting behind him. So I got a I got a pretty pretty good view for most of those homers, front row ticket. Um, you know, you know. Everybody's seen him play when he hits them, You don't really – they don't barely go over the fence most of the time. So, there's some, there some pretty good shots in there, and uh, it's really fun to watch.
1: Was there one in particular that you remember watching from the on-deck circle where you're like, Jesus, like that just shouldn't be humanly possible?
0: Yeah. I don't think it was – there wasn't really one in particular, but I always liked the ones that would like go through the windows or like off the windows in Marlins Park, like over that – over the bar that they have out there, left center, where you're just like – yeah, like that falls now on 12th Avenue or whatever, whatever the street is outside the stadium there. But yeah, uh, he never really missed them. Or uh, I don't know if it was that year or not, but the one that he hit out of Dodger Stadium was pretty cool. I don't think it was. I don't think it was that year. But I don't know. They all kind of run together. But that that's probably my favorite homer I've seen him hit because it literally went out of the, somebody was parking in Lot G out there in Dodger Stadium, and there's a baseball rolling <laughs> up to him before they even get in <laughs> first inning. Um did you grow
1: up a Dodger fan?
0: Yeah, I went to a lot of I went to a lot of Dodger games when I was I mean, not too far, you know. So it was, I went to some Angel games too, but Angel Stadium was a little bit farther than than Dodger Stadium. So if I was going to major League baseball game as a kid, it was it was probably Dodger Stadium. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. I remember going to like travel after like travel ball or like all star tournament games or whatever, whatever was going on, like going from the game like straight to Dodger Stadium. Changing in the parking lot, like out of your uni, into like regular clothes to go watch the game, and yeah, it was cool. It was really, really cool.
1: Who was your Who was your dude? Grown up? Who'd you pretend to be? I
0: don't know if I pretend to be. And I think Sean Green was playing there at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Good one. Yeah, he was. He was yeah. left-handed hitting outfielder, which I didn't really play outfield yep. at that time. But um, who else was on the Dodgers at that time? Eric Karos Sean Green, uh, Garnier was there. Yeah, so I remember watching all those guys. I don't remember which teams would. Play. I don't remember which teams they were playing when I went to go to the games. But I remember I went to quite a few Dodger games. Hey, it's July.
1: I know you're swamped. I know you're busy. You got things going on. You have to take your kids all over the place. You want to get the extra nine holes of golf in. You want to head to the beach. Do whatever. You know what that means. You don't have time to cook a perfect meal, but that's okay because you can take a bite out of summer thanks to our friends at HelloFresh. From chef-crafted seasonal recipes to their new fresh and fit summer menu, HelloFresh brings flavor right to your door. Of course, it is peak summertime. You don't have time to go shopping. It's not a big deal because HelloFresh has the ingredients. They travel from the farm right to your door in less than seven days for quality you can taste. And did you know that HelloFresh offers more than just delicious dinners? It's now easier than ever to skip that extra grocery store run by adding snacks, sides, and more to your weekly order. Simply shop HelloFresh Market. Take your pick from a curated selection of over 100 items. So make your home the hangout place this summer with crowd-pleasing eats. From a backyard bratwurst bar to tangy key lime pie, HelloFresh Market makes summer entertaining a cinch. Featuring quality proteins, fresh produce, plans for many lifestyles, it's no wonder why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. I love it because it comes right to your door. It's easy to make. You don't have to sit there and look at your spouse or your significant other and say, what are we doing for dinner tonight? That is the worst feeling because you want to blame that person. They want to blame you. Nothing but love and hugs and great food at HelloFresh. So head on over to HelloFresh.com slash Rotation50. Use that code Rotation50 for 50% off plus free shipping. That is HelloFresh.com slash Rotation50. Use the code Rotation50. You're going to get half off plus free shipping. It's good for your belly. You ended up being a high pick of the Marlins, but you would have gone, you had committed to the U, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, originally, as yeah. so I guess I was going to to Miami either way. Um, it would have been a cool experience. I actually, at the time, I thought I was going to college when I committed. You know, uh, I didn't think I was going to be that high of a draft guy. So when when I did make my college commitment, I took it pretty serious because you know I actually thought I was I thought I was going to school for sure, and then played well enough, like the end, like. I don't remember what it was. Maybe my junior year, beginning of senior year, there was – I did well at something, and then that kind of kicked off, like, the uh, the draft attention and just kind of kept playing well and did well at the the workouts and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I was never like, – I never was a Team USA guy in high school. Like, I, I definitely got cut from that. I never was, like, a perfect game All-American guy. I definitely got cut from that area codes i played a little bit you know i i I played half the time but definitely wasn't like one of the guys that people were stoked to go see i don't think uh on that team we had a lot of we had a lot of really good players i think on that team and um so at the time i was like i'm going to college because you know all the guys that were getting the the first round attention were team usa perfect game all-american guys um you know the standout area code guys like i was never one of those guys like i was never a great real showcase player like when the game started i could always play but if like you were gonna look at like pure tools like i don't think i had anything at the time that really jumped off the page you know i could do a little bit of everything but there's i didn't really have one where you're like oh shit you know
1: so what you weren't fast back then
0: I was pretty fast but I wasn't like the fastest you know I wasn't running like a 6 260 or anything where people were like oh my god this is unbelievable like I, I still was fast but I wasn't the fastest and like I could I took good batting practices but I never I wasn't the guy launching the ball 450 feet you know and then I, I didn't, didn't definitely didn't throw the best uh, but when the game started I'd always I could always get hit like I always played well in the games when they would start. You can just play, but as far as like tools would go, like I was tall, lanky, skinny kid. I didn't throw great. I ran okay, and I didn't hit. I, I had a good swing, but um so I had a hit tool probably. But that was really what I was working with. And then the game starts, and you can you could play the game, but it's in a showcase format. It's a little tougher, you know.
1: So who else? Like who were the studs that were? in your age group at the time. You were like, we had some pretty good players. Who who were they? Um
0: I mean Bryce was that's when Bryce was in our that draft class, Harper. So oh, yeah, he I guess was he's pretty, all right. Pretty good one. Yeah, he was he was yeah. decent. But he was at the I think he was at the one it was at the Urban Youth Academy in, in uh in Compton there. Uh-huh at that that's that's so that's the day that I I played really well at that day. And I think he was there and that's the first time I'd seen him play. And he literally – he hit every ball in batting practice like, a home run. And then the game started, and he hit a homer his first at-bat. Like, this guy's – I was like, this guy's unbelievable. And he think he was a freshman at the time. <laughs> I think he was a freshman at the time. This is the best player I've ever seen. And uh, that was before, like, that was before, like, he was – you know, he was Bryce Harper. And then, like, shortly after that, he be- – it was Bryce Harper and, like, that whole – the whole draft hype started and, you know, talking about him going one, one and all that. But that was, I think he was like 15 at the time, 16 at the time. So, um, you know, it's crazy from, from then till, you know, obviously what he's done in the big leagues now, but, and then Manny Machado was in that uh, draft class and uh, tie on Jameson Tyon. on. So a lot of good, really good players, you know, that, that came through there they were definitely way better than I was in high school, you know? Um, so just, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy seeing like those guys, I play with Nolan Arenado and, and uh, we were on the same like travel ball team and all that. So it's, it's cool. Like seeing all those guys from, from high school or super young. And like, you're still crossing paths with them all this time later, you know?
1: That's amazing. That's it. Did Harper have a beard at 15? He probably could have grown one.
0: I don't remember. I mean, maybe he was, uh, Man, he was impressive. That's he was he was really 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 good, and he's still really good, obviously. But at that age, I was like, yeah, it was definitely like the the best high school player I think I'd seen at the time. I guess we we're not the same, man.
1: <laughs> well, I just love he was it. catching. He was he was, he was a catcher.
0: He was a catcher then. He was yeah, catching yeah. at that time. Yeah, good pop time. I imagine. But probably, yeah. Pro- I would imagine so. I didn't even care about yeah. that. I was watching. I was still thinking about the padding practice, I think.
1: <laughs> but I love it because he's one of those guys who we've known since he was a teenager. And you know him by, like, one name, too. I mean, he is like LeBron. He is like Tiger Woods. He might not have reached that level at the you know at the professional level, obviously, in terms of the championships and maybe – Worldwide recognition But he's one of those guys That's had a target On his chest Since he's been 16 And he's delivered I imagine as a guy Who's
0: a contemporary Of his You sit there And say that Is fucking impressive It's very Very impressive Considering like He was supposed to be Everything that he's become You know Which is One of the best players In the game Which is extremely hard to do Especially in baseball You know Baseball is such a hard sport That You know For you to be For them to be talking about you Like he is. I mean, I imagine probably future Hall of Famer. Um, but to have that label when you're sixteen, you know, it's uh it's tough to live up to and he really has. And all the all the attention that comes with it in the in the minor leagues, and once you're called up and you know, you always have that target on your back, it's uh I would imagine it's it's fairly difficult to deal with. So he's done a done a great job and had an amazing career so far.
1: Okay, but maybe you can help us. You've been at games where you've seen him hit plenty of homers, but he had arguably the strangest at bat of the year against your team and Holby Milner, oh, yeah. where he looked at six straight pitches. Yeah. Do you, do you have any idea what, can you explain as an elite hitter what he may have been doing?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I obviously didn't talk to him about it, but you know, Hobie's very, He's funky arm, arm slot, weird delivery. You know, I would imagine he's, I've never faced Hobie, but I would would imagine he's fairly tough on uh, left-handed hitters, you know, and sinkers in off the plate, sliders away. And uh, I would imagine that he was kind of just trying to see one. And then he kind of got ahead in the count and was like, well, I might as well just see this through and see what happens. Maybe he's going to walk me, you know, which he did. He got down, he got up kind of three one on them and then hubby through two more, but Hey, that's, that's committing to an approach, you know, as a hitter, like you got to have an approach and you got to, you know, whatever that might be and you got to stick to it in the at-bat if that's what you want to go with. And, um, you know, I have done that before, but I've kind of made it look like you got, that you're going to swing. So they just don't know that you're definitely not swinging. (laughs) You know, I haven't done it a lot, but there's been times where you're like, "Yeah, I'm definitely not. I'm not swinging off this guy." Um, But you know, there's a lot of guys. You know, it says 89 or 90 on the radar gun from Hobie, but it probably looks a lot, lot harder when you're in the box against them, just because of how deceptive and 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 funky his delivery is. There's there's a lot of guys like that that it might not say a good number on the radar gun, but when you're actually in the box, it looks a lot harder. And uh that's probably, if I had to guess, you know, what he was doing, like he might not, he just might not see Hobie very well. And was like, you know, I don't know if he's going to throw me strikes. He's going to want me to chase and expand. So if I just don't swing, I'll probably walk. And, you know, he got close to doing it. He was a pitch away from, from walking and then it's just a whole nother narrative about how you know it would have been how impressive the at-bat was or like did you see like he knew that he wasn't going to throw strikes and then he walked but he just happened to strike out and everybody everybody made it a big deal but you know i at the time didn't really think it was that big of a deal i i kind of had a feeling like that's might have what he's been doing just if you see the game and you play the game a lot you kind of know like all right like Sometimes against those lefty specialists, your best bet, your best bolt might be just to walk and then let the right-handed <laughs> hitter get them. Um, you know, especially with the new rules, how they have to face, um, you know, three guys. But right, I think it was pretty. I think Hobie kind of knew that he wasn't swinging after a certain amount, so he kind of just threw a couple of heaters in there. But um, not, 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 not the worst approach, honestly.
1: Okay, good. Thanks for letting us in on that. Um, you have faced an awful lot of good pitchers in your time. I'm curious, Mm -hmm. give me one or two where you've walked up there and you're like, I'm just gonna tip my cat because that shit is impressive.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know if there's any like one guy or two guys. Like you have a best all the time where you're just like, All right, you know, good job. (laughs) What are you gonna do? (laughs) Like if being hidden in the big leagues, there's times where you're you're just out, you know, like you just get out. Like they they execute pitches really well and you're just like yeah, I'm out. You know, you can't even, you can't even be mad about it because, you know, a lot of times they do make mistakes and you have pitches to hit and sometimes you just miss them and you get out and then other times guys just execute and you're just like get them next time. You know, <laughs> well, good job. So good is that job, like man. a guy like Degrom
1: <laughs> or somebody like that over the years who's.
0: Yeah. Or it doesn't even have to be a guy like that. It could be literally, it could be anybody, you know, and in the big leagues where you just face them and they execute a bunch of pitches that at bat and you got nothing to hit and they were really nasty and you punched out or got out. Just like, well, that's hitting in the big leagues, get them next time. You know, <laughs> you, you have those at bat sometimes. It doesn't happen all the time. You know, there's, You know, they make mistakes like anybody else, but they're also going to execute sometimes. And as a hitter, you know, it's just like, all right, sweet. Good job. Go get them. Go play defense. Try again next time.
1: Hey, you have been on a roll the last several months and you just had your first walk off hit. uh, I believe it was against the Reds in four years almost. now, you look like a little kid afterward. I don't know if that's because they were all chasing you and trying to douse yeah. you with water or because yeah, you were super trying to super avoid the water. But, uh, is
0: that what it was? You know, it's, it's, it's always fun, you know, getting a walk off. It's always, it's always cool. And they don't happen very often. You know, there's a lot of, you have to be the right situation and then you have to get hit in that situation. So they don't happen all the time. And this is anytime you, you can do that, it's exciting. And then, yeah, you obviously got to, you want to try and avoid the Gatorade and, and water bath. But, um you know, you make them earn it. You made them earn it. You know, if you're gonna do it, you're gonna have to come all the way out to to shallow left field to do it. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to hook that water cooler pretty far. <laughs> but uh, it was fun, man. It was a it was a good time, excited time. It, it's it'd been a while for sure, um since the last one. And um, you know, you just always try and enjoy those moments. You know, baseball's really hard, well, it's a lot of tough times. So when you have good times, you gotta you gotta enjoy it.
1: Um, and I want to hit on that. We, we talk a lot on this show about how, in, particularly in this sport, you do deal with failure. And you were a guy that was literally at the top of the mountain, right? You were an MVP. You got your new deal. You had a city that adored you. And then you hit a couple of tough seasons after your injury. And you could tell it was frustrating for you. Were there times where you had to talk to somebody to get that out? How did you deal with not being the MVP Christian Yelich, for a little while?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's tough because that's kind of what's expected out of you. I think after a certain time, especially after your, you know, your first two years and a new, with a new, you know, right when you get traded over to MVP caliber seasons, like back to back. So (laughs) that kind of becomes the standard. Like everyone thinks that that's just going to be your regular year. Uh, Like, oh yeah, like this is just how it's, that's just how it's going to be. You're just going to play, play at this level all the time. And um baseball don't work like that man it's just not how it's not how it goes you know sometimes it goes like that but a lot of times um it's a hard game and you gotta you gotta battle and um you know it's definitely frustrating at times and you know just knew that I could do better than I was doing just I wasn't it just really wasn't happening um as consistently as I would have liked it to and You know, and I think when you play for a while, like you have to be able to make adjustments and continually try to find ways to get better. You know, especially guys that play a really long time and do it for a while, like they're kind of always making adjustments. And if you see guys that have played for a while, like the way they did it early isn't necessarily always how they've done it later. Um, And there's not really one way to hit there's a way that you've always done it, but that doesn't mean it's the way that it has to be done forever. Um, Or the only way you see it all the time and guys hit, every guy hits different, you know, a little bit different, but they all kind of get to, to similar positions. And I was like, you know, you know, start off this year, slow, kind of doing what I'd been doing. And eventually I was like, you know, like screw this if i'm gonna if i'm not gonna do well this year it's not because i'm gonna be doing the same shit up there like we're gonna mix it up and if we're gonna struggle it's gonna be we're gonna do it different we're gonna struggle different um and just felt kind of convicted and like i can still do this like i felt physically good like i feel fine you know body-wise physically but i just had so many bad habits going on that i kind of just couldn't really break doing it the way that i'd been doing it um so I was like, you know, I'm just going gonna, gonna to switch it up. And I, I think I can still be really – I can still be a really good player in this game and um, just try some things out, you know. And it's been going – it's been going better. And it's just one of those things where, you know, you just constantly, constantly evolving as a player.
1: Good. Great perspective. Uh, a few more for you, and then we'll let you go uh, back to sitting in the um, sweltering heat of Atlanta. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you read but your new team your newest teammate Carlos Santana on Thursday went and took a nap and when he fell asleep he was in last place and when his wife woke him up he was in first place <laughs> Is that is that the best baseball dream that you can have do you think
0: It's gotta be a pretty it's gotta be a pretty good one That's how I got traded you know I I was I was asleep when I got traded I think I woke up and found my phone and I had a bunch of missed calls from our GM at the time and Stearns <laughs> and whoever else being like I, like, I should probably call these people back. I think I probably got traded and I did. That's kind of what happened. And it wasn't going for, it wasn't really going from like last the first of the time, like in the middle of the season, but it was off season. So it does happen. You gotta be careful, especially around this time you go to sleep. You never know. You might wake up on a different team and that's, that's what happened to him. But <laughs> we're, uh, we're glad to have him. You know, he's a, he's a great player and he gets on base. It's just a pro at bat. Um, and he's gonna, he's gonna help us a lot here in the stretch run and, um, you know, hopefully, we can make that playoff push, but anytime you can bring in veteran players, professional at bats, guys that have, have done it for a long time, it's only, it's only going to help you He plays great defense, which, you know, is a big emphasis here. Um, and Milwaukee is so obviously pitching pitching in defense and defense and run prevention and, um, you know, hopefully helps us score a few too, but uh, you know, it, it'll be really good to have them.
1: Well, this is always an interesting time of year um, mm-hmm. because it can really do things with the clubhouse. Like Ploof was talking about on yesterday's baseball today, that now that the angels know Shohei's going to be around and now that they've added Giolito and Lopez and maybe some other pieces, that everybody looks at each other like, okay, good. Everybody's pulling the same direction. Whereas I thought yeah. last year that you guys never, correct me if I'm wrong, it looked like you guys never got over the hater trade.
0: Yeah. I mean, there was a few reasons why we probably didn't make the playoffs last year, but, you know, I think you'd be, I think you'd be kind of lying if uh, you said that didn't affect the, didn't affect the team and, uh, in a weird way, you know, we got, we got good players back for them, you know, but it's Josh, you know, at the same time, if you're on a, if you're trying to be on a playoff team, like that's the kind of guy you want on a, on a playoff team or a team that's trying to win. So I think that one was a, it was just a confusing one for everybody. I think at the time, you know, from just like a, from like a pure baseball standpoint, I think you kind of understand it a little bit, you know, like I I kind of connect the dots and, See where this is going, and like I get it, but then you don't, you don't at the same time, you know, you get it from like, all right, I get it, but I, I don't. Um, and it's just uh I think, I think it, it kind of just caught everybody off guard a little bit, you know. Usually, when a guy like that gets traded, you see it coming, you know, you're either out of the race and he's coming up on free agency, and like, all right, like, they're going to move them, like, they have to, you know, it's the right, it's the right baseball move to move this guy, um, or it happens in the off season. you know, those, those trades either kind of happen off season or your team's in a position to where, you know, like, okay, this, you know, some guys are probably getting moved, I've been on plenty of those teams, you know, when, you know, I was in Miami, we, trade deadline comes around, like, you know, guys are, you know, guys are going to get traded, but, where we kind of were at the point in that season was, you know, I think we had a lead at at the time and we kind of, I think we were kind of limping into the trade deadline. Like we were just kind of as a team, we were just trying to hold it down until we could get some, get some reinforcements. And then, um, you know, it just, it just didn't go how, how we hoped. And the season didn't turn out how we would have liked, but, um, you know, it is, it is what it is. It happens. And, um, this is a new year and new team see what we can do um you know you just want to be in the position to win as many games as you can and um you learn from stuff like that you know everybody learns you know i don't think it was it wasn't anybody's goal to not make the postseason (laughs) last year i don't think they made any of those moves with a goal of like oh we're going to sabotage this team and not make the postseason like i think everybody had the best interests in mind, it just didn't, it just didn't work out, you know, and that, and that happens sometimes in baseball and, um, it is what it is, but, you know, I think, I think we're in a good position this year as a team. You just got to play as many, as many quality games as you can try and win as many as you can and see what happens. You know, it's, it's still a long way from the end of the season. Really? Any, anything can still happen. Um, so you just got to try and play as well as you can, as long as you can.
1: All right, uh, you guys are, are finished with the Cincinnati Reds for the season. Yeah. They're an interesting team. They've got so much youth, particularly in that everyday lineup, and you have now seen Ellie De La Cruz up close. Um, I know we don't have to throw bouquets at him every time, but he looks like a physical freak, and I saw him make some throws against you guys. And I was like, Jesus.
0: Like, that's not a – Yeah. He can do – it. yeah, he can do everything, everything on a baseball field. You know, he can – he can run, he can throw, he can hit for power. Uh, special player, you know, he's huge. I think he's huge. You know, he's big dude, six, six, seven, or whatever he is. Um, yeah, he can, he can do it all. You know, they got a lot of good young players over there and guys that are kind of learning the league for the first time, taking the league by storm, having really good starts to their career. So, you know, it was tough every time we played them. You know, they're, they're tough games, and – you know, it's, it's weird that it's July still and we don't really have any more games with them. Just, yeah. you know, just kind of how the new schedule goes. It's a, and how we played them so many times in one month. You know, I think, I don't know, I think we played them nine times in July. Yeah. Um, which is kind of weird. You know, we just didn't plan it at the beginning of the season. <laughs> then we just played them every game pretty much in the middle of it for six weeks. <laughs> and now we're done. But they got a, they got a talented team. You know, they got a lot of, lot of good young players that that can do a lot of things on a baseball field so you know I imagine it's going to be a a fairly tight race with us them you know the Cubs whoever else um, the rest of the way you know and it was just kind of good to it's it's fun playing this series but you also gotta like keep them in perspective too you know like we just played them for three games with quote-unquote first place in the division on the line but you know, at the same time, it's July. So you, you got to keep right. it in perspective that either team could sweep, sweep each other in this. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really mean a lot. It You you obviously want to win as many games as you can. And they're all equally important, you know. But those series get magnified sometimes when it's like, oh, first and second place team playing each other in the division, first place on the line. And you're like, yeah, for in July. so. You still have, you know, August, the rest of July still. And then you have August, September, and a few days in October to, to sort this thing out. So you have to keep it in perspective. But I think, um, you know, winning those series, like this, winning those season series is obviously significant now because of how the tiebreaker works. So you, you, you do want to win um, mm-hmm. those season series and, you know, you're trying to win those games just as much as you are any other game. You know, we're trying to to win tonight just as bad as we were against them. You know, it's just yep. those series get built up sometimes. But they're they're a great young team. They got a they got a bright future for sure with some some really good players. And um, you know, they've been fun to watch. You know, Ellie especially he's, he's he's definitely been one of the the guys that's gotten the most attention over there. But they they got a few other guys that are are going to have really good careers, I think.
1: Yeah, and just
0: finishing up on him, um, it's good for baseball I don't know too. You, it is they, Cincinnati is a great baseball town, and and when they're yeah, a big team, good team, you know you've kind of seen, you've kind of seen the turnout at the stadium now that they've they've been a good team and um, got some exciting players. So it's it's good for the game.
1: Yeah, they're re-energized, no question. Um, I don't know if you turned around at the scoreboard after I think it was Weimer who might have stolen the home run ball from De La Cruz in his first yeah. at bat and you know, he said all the scoreboard operator put up there, almost hit a home run in his first inning, but didn't. And then the mm-hmm. next at bat, he hits one four fifty six. And then of course the next day, the scoreboard operator puts up there and says, basically like, I'll have no comment
0: at this time. Would you see that? Yeah, sure. did. Um, <laughs> you know, I think the scoreboard <laughs> operator should put over for one fly out the center. Like the rest of the league does, but we kind of like to, we kind of like to do that there where we're, uh, they like to write things on the scoreboard for certain players and teams. And personally, I've never really understood it. So I think we should just write over one fly out to center and just let the game play, play out like the rest of the teams do in the league, but you know, it's not my business, my jobs to win games for the brewers on the field and that whatever they want to write on the scoreboard, I guess they can write on the scoreboard. But um, I did see that it's fairly fitting that, um, he may have hit a ball off the scoreboard operator's car the next at bat, but the um, <laughs> thing left the whole stadium. So um, it's kind of one of those things where you just go, why, like, why, why do you got to do that? You know, because I feel like baseball always works that way. Like when you kind of draw attention to something, it happens, you know, or um, maybe that's just, you know, me being crazy from having played the game so long, but I feel like whenever you draw attention to certain things, like the opposite always happens, you know. Um uh, maybe that's being a little superstitious, but I don't know. Especially somebody like him where you any at bat that could happen, you know. Um but yeah, it was uh it was some poetic justice there for him probably. I think, you know, he just misses one and then hits one that Nobody can catch it's in the parking lot, but uh, yeah,
1: I know who is not getting voted a playoff share at that
0: team meeting. <laughs> that would be the scoreboard operator. <laughs> nah, it's it happens, you know, it's one of those you know, you live and you learn moments, you know, it's like, hey, just, just let it play out. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see how the rest of the game goes, but and it's entertainment, you're in the entertainment industry, you know, yes, so, you are. You know, you want fans to come to the game and, and, and have a good time and, and, and get a laugh and enjoy their experience at the ballpark. So I understand, like, I get why I get why they did that. It's a, uh, after all, it's the entertainment business. People are coming out with their, their friends and families to have a, have a good time, a good night at the ballpark. and it's friendly banter between the Brewers and the Reds and the Brewers and Reds fans and, and all that type deal. But when you're actually playing the game and trying to decide who wins and loses, you're like, hey, you know, like, let's just let's put that after the game, you know, or or something like that, because. You just you just always feel like that's going to happen Like whenever you write something like that on the scoreboard, like. I would have put all my chips on a homer at some point after, you know, after that, um, <laughs> just cause that's how, it, that's just how it works. But at the same time, you understand it's like, the, it's the entertainment industry. Like you're trying to have people have a good time at the ballpark, come back, get a good laugh, um, do that whole type of deal. So in all seriousness, like you understand, but
1: yeah, well,
0: it didn't work out. well, <laughs> Work yeah.
1: well, and we will finish with this. I imagine that 10 years ago, this past week, when you started your, MLB journey, you did not get a suite on the road. No, no. When you get your big boy contract, some people put that in. So I imagine we are sitting in a suite, correct?
0: We are currently sitting in a suite. You would be, you would be yeah. correct on that, but that assumption. Yeah. How much do
1: you use the additional room?
0: Well, we're using it right now, right now. We're, okay. You know. I don't know where this. I don't know where we'd be doing this right now if we didn't have a suite. So that's why we have to have one on the road, you know. Just in case I have come to calling. do it. Just in case you have to do um, a Zoom interview, you can't. You just you don't want to do it from bed, you know. So you have to. You have to have a suite. It's just you know, just, just you have to. Just in you case. ever just you always down on have couch, to be ready?
1: Just in just because you have it.
0: Uh, I watched TV there last night for a little bit and then, you know, switched it up, went to the bed to watch TV. But you never know. You got to You got to always have options. You got to have options. You got to be prepared. Anything can happen. You might have to do a Zoom interview in the extra room. Don't want to be unprepared for that. (laughs) That's why you can justify the suite on the road. All makes sense (laughs) if you think about it.
1: What was that? What was on the watching docket Thursday night in Atlanta?
0: Shark, shark week, dude, it's shark week. We were watching, uh, I think they had something about cocaine sharks. So that caught my attention. Like heard about the cocaine bear. Haven't heard about the cocaine sharks. I need to see what this is all about. And apparently, you know, people, people lose some over the side or we're dropping it in the ocean and sharks get hungry. They don't know that it's a, you know, package of Coke. They're laying in the ocean. They eat it. And then you have cocaine sharks, which, you know, I'm not trying to mess with sharks in the ocean as is, let alone if they've had, you know, a little bit, a little bit of Coke before too, you know, it's not, not a great recipe, but that was, that's, that was a topic on shark week. And I've never seen that before. So I'm just sitting here scrolling on a slow Thursday night in the hotel and, that was what was on like the TV guide. So you you can't not click that after you see that you have to, you have to check that out and be like, what is this about? That's what it was about.
1: Was the title actually cocaine shark?
0: Yeah, that was the thing. Like cocaine sharks <laughs> have to watch this <laughs> and see what this is about. <laughs> you can't keep, you can't scroll by that. You know, like what else are you going to watch? Nothing. There's like the same 30 there's like the same 30 channels in like every hotel, you know, sports center, like seen that a bunch of times. MLB network, see that every day at the field. Yeah, Not Sharks. With. Never seen that before. We're gonna watch that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and now we're here, we'll now be- we're doing this. So that's what I was doing preparing for this interview was slogging some quality shark week hours.
1: Thank you. Um, we'll have you back in our off-season roundtable when we talk about coked-up uh, creatures in the wild.
0: Yeah, I can. I, I can't really contribute to any other animals in that, but I got you on sharks. If you want to talk about sharks and all that thing. I'll. I can. I can speak on that one for a little while.
1: I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, the, that's okay. Cause I've got other guys, you know, like Joey Botto, he covers my uh, cocaine bears North of the border. So he'll cover that aspect of it.
0: I'm sure Joey, I'm sure Joey would, he'd probably have a little bit to say about that. Like I, <laughs> I feel like he would be well-versed. He would He kind of just know that topic. He's awesome. <laughs> he's the best. He's the best.
1: He is the best man. He's, he's, his interviews are, Top gold, notch. Top gold notch. yes hey it was uh, always great catching up with you uh, we're really happy to see you back to being Christian Yellich, which is awesome and the best of luck to the Brewers in their last two and a half months of the season
0: yeah appreciate that man I we, we like the cap I know it's just you know it's probably because I was coming on today it's okay you know I I know you like you do like you like the brew crew you like the brew crew brew yeah why crew not? Guardians yeah, it's guy funny because yeah
1: yeah but it's hilarious on the other show I do with ploof on baseball today everybody's like oh you're such a Brewers hater I was like listen the first half of the year average I'm just here to tell the truth and then y'all started taking off nothing wrong with that
0: well you know it's kind of how you finish you know we've had years where we start out amazing and finished average right. so you know start out average finish great it's a good program to be on you get behind that
1: absolutely who cares and by the way nobody should give a shit about what I say come on yeah, I would care.
0: Kind of.
1: <laughs> <laughs> good seeing you, man. Uh, yeah, it's always great to see you, dude. We say hello and uh, always great catching up with you. Appreciate the time and give us the next update on the cocaine shark the next time we we'll see you, okay? We'll see, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> Appreciate it. good to see so you. Our one of a kind yeah. producer, Robbie Shirocco, our amazing summer intern, Alden Stone, and we former league MVP, Christian Yelich your cocaine shark expert. I am Chris Rose. We will see you next time here on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.